0: Like if this ever went live, it's gonna be tragic. We would have to take Devin with us, and Devin would have to be there on the sidelines going like guys, like Amber. She'd come up, she'd like take my mic away from me. She'd take (laughs) she'd take your clicky pens away from you. She'd make me stop. I have not held a pen in a really long time during this podcast. Say welcome to the Marvel Forest podcast. Yes, uh, welcome. Thanks for listening. I always feel so awkward. Why? I don't know. I always am like, oh, Jesse welcomes us. What do what do we do? Oh, I'm Amber. That's yes, my name. And I, I'm Jesse. <laughs> yep. We're gonna we're gonna do this. Good. I've been working all day. It's gonna. It's been a long day. <laughs> I feel like that means it's going to be funnier. It might be funnier. Okay. I've got like, I didn't talk to anyone really for like. Eight hours, so... Oh, uh, okay. And I'm talkative. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is how this is gonna go. Yeah, talking about being talkative, like, in... So, I was telling you a little bit about this, like, when we talked on Monday, but, like... So my brain has, like, been broken for, like, a week straight. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like, so... I'm gonna give you some examples of what happened. Okay. <laughs> so... Saturday morning Brittany and I were going to the gym right on my way to the gym I'm driving to the gym and there is Huntington cleaners like a van in front of me right yeah and at first glance I was like hunting for cleaners I'm like why are you hunting for cleaners (laughs) and so I had to reread this van like three times before it said Huntington cleaners and I was just like oh, you know, like, <laughs> and I just brushed it off because it was like, it was like 930 in the morning. And I was just like, "Eh, it's fine. You know, like, I'm tired. And I don't really want to go to the gym because I'm tired. And like, <laughs> so on and so forth. So I just brushed it off as being tired. And then after the gym, when I felt more awake, uh, Brennan and I were going to go get breakfast with my parents. And there was a sign On the side of the road, and it was a going out of business sign for like a furniture store near us. And I was like, 60% off area rugs, awesome. And Brendan goes, You got like two things out of that correct. (laughs) And I'm like, He goes, Can you read it? I'm like, Yeah, I can read it. He goes, Well, what does it say? And I go, 65% 65% off Oriental rugs. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just, he goes, where did you just get that from? I'm like, I read it and it just, my brain just didn't compute it right. <laughs> like, I can't, I don't know what to tell you. And apparently Oriental rugs are fucking expensive. Oh, I can imagine. Because <laughs> I did go to this place later on that day. Um, There's like this Oriental rug. For $8,000, but it's still 65% off. Oh, but the God. original price was $8,000. I'm like, this is a shitty ass rug. Like, why <laughs> is it $8,000? <laughs> just get a cheap knockoff on Amazon, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and so it's just been like weird things like that. Well, this is about to be real exciting for you to read off your own podcast notes. <laughs> Off my phone. Hopefully, you can read them. Finally, have my glasses, and I looked like my podcast doodle today. You do. I was looking like because I was looking at myself in the mirror in the bathroom. I'm like, I'm wearing a cardigan, and I'm wearing my glasses, and my hair is down and like sort of fluffy, and like nailed it. I my hair is longer than it should be right now. I really need a haircut, but you know, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Anything else? Um, uh, no, I don't think I have much else to talk about. I mean. I just been working, and it's just different. All right. It's good, though. So we should go over the river and through the woods to our podcast stories we go? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is Devin flipping the official coin? Is this what we're- Yeah, we're... Devin always flips our coin now. All right, it's Devin's jobs. Go, Devin. It's you! It's me? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I don't what know what that? that was. You're like- Hold on. Need to compose myself. I just wanted you to be prepared. <laughs> I'm feeling really extra. Okay. okay. I am taking us to England. <gasps> really? Really. I hope you're not doing the story that I'm doing next week. <laughs> uh, is it in Essex? Nope. Alright then, no. We're good. <laughs> I am doing a story that I've heard before. Okay. But I really, like, I really like it. I think it's really interesting. And it's it's a little different than we usually do them. You know how we usually go history, hauntings. It's all together in here. Yeah. So I apologize in advance. I'm not from England. So. Sorry, our first UK listener. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So some things I might butcher name-wise or I might confuse because I'm me. Um, also... This has to do with some, like, church and religious stuff, and I know there's, like, specific words for priests or ministers or, you know, whatever, reverends for different religions. Yep. These websites I found used multiple words, and I just rolled with it, so... Did you just choose one? I choose... You chewed. I, (laughs) I, she, she, she chewed all of her choices into one, and then (laughs) chose. I chewed them up. I spit them out, and then I saw whatever one looked the best. I stuck with. Okay. No, I, I kind of they kind of stuck to a similar pattern, so I kind of just went with it. Okay. We'll see how this goes. So I'm doing the Borley Rectory. Ooh, rectory. Mm -hmm. Do you know what a rectory is? It's like a church. It is like the house where the clergyman lives. Yeah. Yeah. I learned this on And That's Why We Drink. Woo! (laughs) Thanks for giving us knowledge. (laughs) Okay, so in 1861, Reverend Henry Bull and his wife moved to Borley in Essex, England. I believe that's how England does their places. Who knows? Oh, okay. (laughs) Maybe they're different. Who knows? All right. Uh, They inherited the land... And it had been in Henry's family for nearly three decades. The land had previously been the site of a rectory, but it had burned down in 1841. And the rectory, like I just said, is the house where the clergymen live. So Henry Bull had recently been named rector of the parish. Um, It was Borley Church. So he decided to build a home on the land. It took about a year, but eventually it was built into a manor that was worthy of his heritage. Um, he was a Oh, it's worthy of my heritage now. Oh yes. So because uppity. He was a descendant of the Waldgrove? Waldgrove? Waldgrave? Who knows? <laughs> Waldgrove? I'm going Waldgrave because that's how it's spelled. Okay. Family um so they had a lot of money and they're apparently a really big deal. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of people in a lot of our stories have lots of money. Yes. <laughs> So, it was a really large Gothic-style house, and it was eventually added onto because the Bull family had to accommodate their 14 children. Oh, okay. 14. 14. That's a lot of children. That's a ridiculous number of children. So, before the family even built the onto the land, the locals believed that it was haunted. Okay, so the land was just haunted in general. Yes. So, the witches. Local legend yeah. was that a monastery had been located on the land in the 13th century, and it tells that a monk and a nun tried to elope, but they were caught. The monk was hanged, but... Oh no. this is like, they loved each other so much, and they, they well, they can't really be in, like, because don't they have those rules that you, like... There are rules, but that's why they were, like, running away together to be together. Oh, they were then... running away from their beliefs. Yeah, well, he, they were caught. And the monk was hanged. And the nun, she was bricked up alive in the walls of the convent. What? Bricked up alive? <laughs> that is what the story says for local legend. So, yes. but local legend, but we never found bones in the wall? Or, like, did this building fall down? Like, Well, okay, so I have some, I have some things that will kind of clarify a little bit more later. Okay. Um, in 1980- uh, did you hear knocking on the brick wall? So creepy. There have been wrappings in this location. But in 1938, this legend was confirmed to not have a historical basis. And a lot of people think it was the Bull children just kind of trying to romanticize their experiences at the house. Oh, okay. So we don't know for sure, but this is what it appears to be. Okay. So the first reports come around for the house come around 1863. They come from like locals uh staff members and some of the bull's children mm-hmm. they heard unexplained footsteps and rapping Ra- rapping, rapping, like they were rapping ghosts, right? Like, yeah, like, like yeah. Eminem shooting sick rhymes. Yeah. Like, they had rap battles. Okay, <laughs> these ghosts were rap battling before it was cool. Or were they rapping gifts for all the children? Oh, that's a nice thought too. Yeah, they like, were like Santa. <laughs> they were like Santa ghosts. <laughs> Santa ghosty. <I> <laughs> what if? What if? They were rapping gifts. And rapping oh. songs. What if they were rapping so fast that they were rapping so fast, <laughs> and they were also because they were rapping so fast, they were rapping on walls. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> what is rapping on walls? I'm still it's angry. like it's like knocking on a wall. Like oh, oh, yeah, it's okay. knocking, but rapping. Rap, rapping, rapping, r- 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 rapping. <laughs> oh, okay. We, some probably in there somewhere found a title. Yep, sure. Uh, so Bull seemed to think that these occurrences were entertaining. So Henry Bull. Because they were giving them gifts. Of course they thought it was entertaining. <laughs> he really was into rap music and he was so ahead of his time. <laughs> yeah, listen to this sick beat, put down the Mozart. <laughs> Don't spit the <up> future. <laughs> so Henry Bull was kind of unconventional. For what you would think of as a reverend at the time, he liked to spend as little time in his clerical robes as possible, and he preferred so to hunt he liked and to box. To be in his birthday suit,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he that's lo- what I
0: assume they wear underneath their robes, right? <laughs> he loved to go hunting and boxing in his birthday suit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Let it all hang out. <laughs> so another sighting Bull found entertaining was seen by his four daughters or four of his daughters, on July 28th, 1900. And this has also been seen by locals for years. So the girls saw what they thought was a nun around 40 feet from the house. It was just around twilight, and the girls tried to talk to her, but she disappeared as she came closer. Oh, I was about to say, did she look like she was trapped in a wall? Like a box? Like a mime? She was a mime nun. A mime nun? (laughs) A mime ghost nun? She's like, how do I get out of here? But she can't talk. (laughs) Another common sighting around this time was a shadow carriage that would pass through and then vanish. Okay. Ghost horses. Ghost. Ghost carriage. Ghost nun. What's next? Cinderella? You know? That would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> little ghost mice bringing in, like, little ghost glass slippers. Yeah. Ghost pumpkins. Well, because my, my thought was maybe the the, the ghost nun was, like... Bibbity bobbity boop and then the carriage, and then Cinderella was in the carriage, and she's just like, hello! (laughs) So the ghost nun is the fairy godmother? Yes. (laughs) So one of the oldest son's friends had an experience while he was staying with the family. He had been using a book from the library, and it had went missing shortly after he used it. So they searched the house looking for it, but it couldn't be found. So he went to bed... Later, that night, woke up to a loud thud, and the book was laying in the middle of the floor of the room, but the room was locked. Mm, Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. (laughs) I don't got anything funny to say about that. No, it's just kind of (laughs) creepy, right? (laughs) So, Henry Bull passed away in 1892 in his room that was known as the Blue Room. Okay, was it, well, I'm assuming it wasn't blue in the 1800s. I could have been. Could have been blue? Yeah, it could, it could have been blue. Smush some blueberries on the wall and call it blue? I mean, it was the late 1800s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess so. It was <laughs> almost the 1900s. <laughs> then scratch that. Uh, but I, I still like, let's smush some blueberries on the wall yeah, and call it Yeah, that sounds fun. Stain the wall, blue. <laughs> Sorry. So by the time that he had passed away, his son, Harry, had followed in his footsteps and became the new rector of the church. Okay. Uh, When he took over, the haunting seemed to increase. The nun was seen more frequently. Her face would sometimes appear in the windows, and she would be seen walking across the lawn in broad daylight. Oh, okay. So I forgot to write this in here because I just skipped to the next group who owned this house. But uh, Harry also passed away in the same room as his dad. Oh, okay. So, just so you know. Fun Fun fact. Fun fact. There's so much more to this story that I could have put in here, but I was like, I'm not cramming it all in. So, eventually in 1927, Reverend Eric Smith took over ownership of the house. Soon after moving in, Smith's wife reportedly found a skull wrapped in brown paper in one of the cupboards. Oh. Which... It was a witch. Witch cupboard? Oh. (laughs) No, it was a witch putting on a hex, right? (laughs) It was a witch cupboard. Okay. Which, which cupboard was it in? (laughs) (laughs) So the family started experience a variety of incidents, including the sounds of servant bells ringing, despite the, like, lines being disconnected. Lights would appear in windows, and there were unexplained footsteps. What, what time are we in now? Early 1900s? Yeah, 1927. Okay. So Smith's wife also thought she saw a ghostly horse-drawn carriage at night. Cinderella! Yeah. She's laid full circle. She's, she's back, leaving the ball. The Smiths eventually reported their experiences to the Daily Mirror newspaper, who arranged for a paranormal investigator, Harry Price, to stay at- and investigate the claims. There are so many Harrys and Henrys in this story. <laughs> it's probably a very popular name in oh. the UK. Around this time period, I would say so. So some of the claims that the Smiths reported were the strange lights, ghostly whispers, a headless man, a headless horseman, a ghostly carriage, so the headless horseman. Yeah, we're taking the we're just doing all the fairy tales. All of them. Okay. (laughs) Phantom footsteps, the apparition of Henry Bull, um, and of course, the nun who was said to drift through the garden with her head bent in sorrow. Oh, so just, like, down and, like, mopey? Yeah, like, she oh, okay. was sad. Because cause they hung her monk husband. They they did. Or did they? They did. I'm gonna go with they did for story purposes. Or did they for other story purposes. Oh, okay. Dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> <laughs> so Price stayed with the family for a little over a year, and in that time, he witnessed many experiences firsthand. It was at this time that Price became the best known and most accomplished of the early paranormal investigators oh okay it's pretty impressive yeah so why was he so accomplished well we're gonna find out he coined the idea of a ghost hunting kit oh like emf detectors and- but like not that but, because it's, it's the 20s yeah it's the 1920s <laughs> <laughs> so he would use tape measure to check the thickness of walls and to search for hidden chambers Ooh. he used He's smart yeah right he used still cameras for indoor and outdoor photos. He brought in remote-controlled motion picture cameras that, and used fingerprint kits. Okay, ghosts you leaving you a fingerprint? I don't know, I guess so. I guess so. Or someone's burgling your house. <laughs> One of the two. <laughs> so Price experienced the bells ringing, the rapping. He also heard the rapping. The rapping, the rap battles. Yes. He also saw objects move from place to place on their own. Stones were thrown, and spirit messages were tapped out on frames of mirrors. Tapped out like Morse code. I okay, I'm mean, yeah, I was going to go with Morse code too. So the Smiths left the Borley Rectory on July 14th, 1929. And when they left, the occurrences stopped. So the ghosties got attached to them. Well, Smith's wife later claimed that she pro- thought Price was falsifying the occurrences. Oh, so wires and mechanics yeah but they were not the first people to experience this stuff and he came in he didn't come in for the first experiences yeah no like they probably lived there like many years before he came in and he's like i'm gonna be an investigator two other generations of like family before them so in 1930 reverend lionel foister who was the first cousin of the bulls moved in with his wife Marion and his daughter Okay. So, Lionel Foister wrote of the accounts, of, of accounts of strange occurrences from the time they moved in until the time they moved out. Okay, so the Smiths, right? The family that lived here before, right? How do they know that the occurrences stopped? Right. It's like the, if a tree falls in the forest, can you really hear it kind of thing. Right. Like, how do you know that there's no experiences if you're not there to witness it? Right. Yeah, that's so, a fair question. Yeah. So he wrote about all these occurrences that happened to them while they lived there and sent it to Harry Price. Okay. Harry Price was really interested in this house. Yeah. It's like his life work. Yeah. This is, this is his house, essentially. <laughs> Why didn't he just buy it? Gosh. <laughs> so his accounts include bells ringing, windows shattering, stones and bottles being thrown against walls, writings... On the walls? Like writing on the wall. Writing raps on the walls? Yeah. They were writing their raps out so they could remember them for their rap battles later. Okay. Yeah. Also, at one point, their daughter was locked into a room with no key. Oh, okay. So it gets worse from here. Yay! Marion. Well, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Uh, Not yay! (laughs) Sort of the kind of podcast we're in, so yay! (laughs) (laughs) Marion Foyster seemed to be involved with the worst of the incidents. She would be thrown from her bed at night. Oh, just pick her up and throw like her across. Get her the... out of there. Slapped by an invisible hand. Okay. <laughs> and she would be forced to dodge heavy items that would be thrown at her day and night. She must be really quick now. Yeah, she's got great dexterity. Yeah. <laughs> Such a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> um. Also, she was once almost smothered with a mattress. Oh, so they like, they probably like just flipped her out of bed. Out of bed. But like as they flipped her, they flipped the mattress upside down and her on the frame and just smothered her. (laughs) I mean, maybe that's what happened. So scrawled messages began appearing on the walls of the house that would read, Marion, please get help. And Marion, please light mass prayer. And I just realized as I was reading that it might be Marianne, and I think I'm saying Marianne. So, okay, one or the other, sure, going for it. So the Foyster's daughter. This is a name I do not know how to pronounce. Okay, so I'm sorry. I'm ready. Let's go. Adelaide. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going with it. Sounds like it sounds right. right. Yeah. Um, she was also attacked viciously, but I couldn't find what happened to her. Oh. So Lionel Foyster attempted exorcisms. He attempted two. But in the middle of the first, he was struck with a fist-sized rock. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Not fun. So the Foysters left in 1935, with, and it left the place empty. So Price leased the house for an extended round-the-clock investigation. Okay. Because at this point, he's like, I gotta know what's happening here, right? Yeah. So in May of... um. 1937, he began looking for, like, open-minded researchers. Yeah. That would camp out at the rectory and and, and report their experiences. And stay. Yeah. And not leave yeah. in the middle of the stay night. Stay here. <laughs> stay here. Don't move. So he advertised this in the paper, and I have the advertisement. Ooh, I like advertisements, especially in the 30s. <laughs> <laughs> so the advertisement read, Haunted House Responsible persons of leisure and intelligent intemperate, critical and unbiased are invited to join Rhoda of obser- Observers Oh okay in the in a year's night and day investigations of alleged haunted house in home countries Oh okay okay yep for what a year's night a year's night and day invest- so, investigation like- of alleged haunted house What does that technically mean? Like, do you have to stay at the house for a fucking year? I don't think he got people to stay there for a year. Probably not a year. But also, printed instructions supplied. I thought it was just like an old-timey. You got to stay 24 hours at least. No, I think he was trying to get people to stay, stay. Stay, stay. Yeah. So, printed instructions supplied. Scientific training or ability to operate simple instruments and advantage. House situated in lonely hamlet, so own car is essential. Okay. how Did we know how many people accepted? We do. Okay. So he actually chose. Oh, okay. More you than had, to go through an in- interview process. Yeah, more Got than it. 40 people. Okay. So quite a big handful. Just all sleeping on the floor. Yep. Well, there was probably beds. Well, no. They had 14 kids before, right? Yeah. Maybe they left I'm their room I'm assuming furniture. it's a huge place, but I am thinking like a... A church gymnasium, just (laughs) sleeping on the floor with camp mats. Oh, so uncomfortable. And then all of a sudden, someone across the room, Guys, did you hear that? (laughs) (laughs) So, Price printed the first ever handbook on how to conduct a paranormal investigation, and each investigator- There is a handbook? There's apparently a handbook. I didn't look for it, but we should find it. Okay. So, each investigator was given a copy and all the equipment that they needed. They kept precise journals, and during the year, Price leased the rectory. Uh, he he leased it for the whole year, so there was a lot of breakthroughs that were made in with communicating with spirits at this time. Okay, like a Ouija board, dowsing rods. Mostly, this one they mostly talk about planchet writing. Okay. In this section, and then this is the other part of the nun story that I was going to get to. Okay. Okay. So during a seance, Price believed he solved the mystery of the hauntings. Oh, alright. So during a sitting of Planchet writing, an alleged spirit named Mary Larie. Alright, Larie? Larie, maybe related that she was a former nun from France who had left to marry Harry Waldgrove. Waldgrave. Waldgrove. So if you remember, that was yep. the family that the Poles were descended from. Um he was a member of the wealthy family. And once she was there, her husband strangled her and threw her body in the cellar. Oh. Alright. So That's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. She traveled all the way from France. After the leasing, on February 1939, the rectory actually burnt to the ground. Oh okay. again. For a okay. second time. Yep. When the new owners accidentally they, they accidentally knocked over an oil lamp and burned down the house. Alright. <laughs> I guess that's how a lot of fires like were started. as they were moving in too, like oh, they were they... moving in and getting ready to unpack, and they knocked over an oil lamp and then burned their whole house down. Oh, so well. You know. Hopefully, hopefully they didn't move all their stuff in prior to it burning down. Hopefully right? not. <laughs> so a Miss Williams from a nearby Borley Lodge claimed that she saw the ghost of a nun in the rectory's window or
1: around it was around this down? time.
0: Yeah. Oh, Price theorized. So this is jumping back a little bit, but this stuff connects to the stuff that happened a little bit afterwards. hmm So, Price was still around around this time, obviously, and he theorized that the former nun had been buried in an unconsecrated grave and was now doomed to haunt the property. So, he took the opportunity to excavate the cellar after it had burned down, and when he did, he discovered a few fragile bone fragments, which was turned out to be those of a young woman. Okay. A Christian burial for the... Bones was performed, and it appeared after that that the ghost was put to rest. Okay, that's good. So we didn't have to, like, burn it, like, supernatural? (laughs) (laughs) Not supernatural-style salt (laughs) ring. (laughs) Burn it. (laughs) So the burial was actually done by a reverend from a town two miles over, because the Borley parished refused to do it. They believed that the bones found were actually pig bones. Oh, okay. Yeah, just a fun fact. Fun, 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 super fun fact. So... Price died in 1948. Many remain skeptical and have dissected his work trying to explain all the phenomenas because this is such a huge, like, breakthrough at the time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the rectory's no longer standing. It had burned down, and after it burned down, they really didn't do too much from what I saw with it. Yeah. And um, that is what I got for you, of the Borley Rectory. Okay. There's a ton So, like, more. is there anything about, like, the grounds of the... Because if the guy claims it's, like, they buried pig bones. Yeah, and see, I right? didn't see anything about, like, any farm or anything around there. Or maybe, like, they just brought in food and their yeah. pig bones, but... Just threw them out in the backyard? Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know, because I didn't really see anything like that. But there's so much more about this that I chose not to include just for time's sake. But there's more detailed accounts, there's more detailed experiences, but I wanted to get as many of the kind of accounts from other people as yeah. possible. Yeah. And I just thought it was so interesting that, like, he was such a, like, well-known investigator at the time, and he's like, I got my own handbook. Yeah. <laughs> I still want to look up that handbook. Oh, but... I should totally find the handbook. Yeah. His name was Henry Price. Harry Price. Her- Harry Price. Yes. Uh, I guess, there's a lot of Henrys and Harrys, so. <laughs> Henry, Harry, Henry. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> um. yeah so yeah I really like the story and I wish we could probably dive into it a little bit more maybe we can do a part two we could potentially like there's more to do and like I tried getting as much as possible I also did the story really last minute so That's, yeah yeah <laughs> we canceled the first the first recording yeah, I literally had barely anything I knew where I was do- I knew I was doing this location but I was like I've been working so much that I was like I haven't had time but yeah all right, all right. So for my story, ooh, where are we going? Back to Montana. Ooh, have you been demand? to Montana? No, I've never been to Montana. Brennan and I might go to Montana because my cousin lives there. But very cool. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Okay, so I'm doing the Rex Restaurant um in Billings, Montana. Okay, I've never heard of it. Yep. Have you ever heard of it before today? Nope. <laughs> no, well, before <but, laughs> well, today, you did your notes. <laughs> I did my notes. So, after working a long career, Chef Alfred Hymer retired to Billings, Montana with the dream of opening a hotel and restaurant. Like, big dreams! <laughs> Go to Montana. Yeah. Right? I don't know. Um. So, with the financial help of Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo Bill... Buffalo Wild Wings. Buffalo Wild Wings. I'm not even two sentences is my story. Well, <laughs> so you warned us at the beginning of this that you've been reading everything wrong. I know. Yeah, so with the financial help of Buffalo Bill, and not the one that put the lotion in the basket, Buffalo <laughs> Bill. <laughs> not that kind of story here, okay? Okay, okay. Uh, But this Buffalo Bill was a showman, bison hunter, and American scout. I know who Buffalo Bill is. Yes, but I wanted to make sure you knew it wasn't put the lotion in the basket (laughs) or you'll get the hose again. I'm really glad you cleared that up for me. Also, I just recently watched um, Silence of the Lambs, (laughs) so it was really stuck in my mind when I saw Buffalo Bill. (laughs) Why is that? Yes. So, um, Alfred was cooking for Buffalo Bill's Wild West show. Ooh. So that's like how they knew each other, and so, uh, eventually they ended up building a three-story building called the Rex Building. Off, uh, it was a buff-colored brick, so I'm assuming just tan, buff, no. buffalo bill-colored brick. <laughs> <laughs> well, like buff, co- maybe, maybe in the buff, in the buff. Ooh. Oh yeah, that's not that's not, that's like red. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and red sandstone. Oh, Which well. I didn't get to that part yet. Well. Because we were too busy talking. About Buff, the low bill. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, the hotel was located across the street from the railroad station. So the railroad station provided a thriving business and the restaurant provided fantastic meals and upscale lodging. Oh, it sounds like things are going great for them. Yeah. The third floor was added or like they added more guest rooms to accommodate demand. And the hotel offered many accommodations to suit those of the average person to the wealthy person. Wow. So they, like, really did their best to accommodate as many people as they could. Yeah. But, like, you're probably, like, sleeping in, like, the gutter. A closet. (laughs) (laughs) Or in the penthouse suite in the 1900s. You you either either have a penthouse suite or or you're you're sleeping in the janitor's closet. (laughs) There's no in-between. So, by 1919, the hoe was... The hoe? (laughs) (laughs) This is gonna be a great episode. Um, Yes, the hoe was every... By 1919, the hoe was everything Alfred dreamed (laughs) of. Everything? (laughs) Everything. Yeah, so his hotel was considered one of the best places to stay... And eat fine German meal with beer. Ooh. Wow. The restaurant um has changed names from the Rex Corral Cafe to the Buffalo Bill Bar. <laughs> Sorry. Someone just, has an ego. <laughs> I, well, it was mostly from him frequent, oh, frequenting sure. the bar. He was a very popular patron there. Well, he paid for most of it. He also paid for it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so why not be named the Buffalo Bill Bar? Exactly. Be like, um, excuse you, I paid for this, and I'm here all the time. They just have, like, baskets of lotion I'm like bar. <laughs> <laughs> you know I was gonna say that! <laughs> and I held it back. <laughs> I didn't. Alright. It needed to be said. <laughs> Alright. And then eventually just moved to the Rex Hotel restaurant during the Prohibition. Oh, because they couldn't be a bar anymore. Yes. Yeah. It was known that during the Prohibition, business didn't slow down. Oh. Yes. It was a floating bar, and it moved every day to a new location. Mmm. Yes. Clever. But yes, so it moved from room to room in the hotel, and, like, through the basement, and there was also um, hotels, uh, an underground tunnel system that moved the illegal alcohol into the building. That's so cool. I thought literally you meant that it, like, literally moved to other, like, buildings? No, like, literally just through the hotel. That's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. During these times, other money-making activities followed by, like, prostitution and gambling. Oh, of course. Yeah. The basement of the hotel was used as a gambling den. And the gambler's book was even found in one of the walls during renovation. Oh, wow. So I'm assuming, like, he was, like, a lone shark and, like, it'd be like, people, you owe me money. Yeah. And then they just skipped town on the train across the street, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was so close, he could. Yeah. That's the thing, though, like, people could probably skip town on their bills. Because the train is right there. Yep, you're like, oh no! Uh, You just gotta time it right, right? I accidentally got on this train and forgot to pay my bill! Whoops! (laughs) I stayed in the penthouse suite and I was supposed to be in a janitor's closet! (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, but the popularity of the hotel... Um, continued until the decline of the railroad business in the 1960s. Okay. So, leaving little money to fix up the hotel. So, it stayed, like, pretty busy for a long time. Yeah. Upper floors uh, eventually became unstable as hotel rooms, and the basement and boiler room was, was full of asbestos. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. So, it left the hotel empty until it was removed and repaired. The main floor... Could still be used as the bar and restaurant and continue to be in business, but only for a certain amount of time when the financial weight of literally owning the entire building right. was too much. And so then the entire Rex restaurant was left vacant. In nineteen seventy five, no one wanted to take on the expensive renovations, so it was scheduled to be torn down until Selena Hart swooped in to save the day the day before demolition. Oh jeez, like she Pressed time real close yeah she did she's just like um excuse me i know you're like tearing down this hotel tomorrow but like can i have it do you think she literally waited like she knew she was gonna do this but she was like i'm gonna just wait to the day before well so as it goes in the next year it got she got busy to find a buyer so she bought it so i think maybe more or less she was looking for buyers and then pretty much was just like Hold hold on wait. I don't have a buyer but I'll take it, you know, right. like so, I'm assuming that's what it was. She did find a buyer and A&E Architects were willing to put in the boatload of money to get the building back up and running. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh they started major renovations in two areas that needed the heavy investment, the basement and boiler room and the second and third floors. The uh, asbestos was removed and a new floor plan was brought in to bring a new business life to the lower floors. The second and third floors were gutted and converted into office space. Okay. Um, after ten years of using the building, the A&E architects sold the property to a guy named Gene. Gene. I couldn't pronounce his last name, so I didn't put it in the story. You know, that's clever. Yeah. We should do that more often. But, you know, how <laughs> fun is it to watch us butcher names? To-no-no-no-pa. To-no-no-pa. To To-no-no-pa. <laughs> yep. Like that. People have been bringing that up to me since they've been listening to the podcast. <laughs> by the way, good. And Gene still ended up hiring A&E and Architects to do the facelift to renovate the space to a first class steak joint. Do you think he got a discount on buying the I property when that. he was like, I'm going to hire you guys? Probably not. Because <laughs> <laughs> they were just trying to get rid of it. Yeah. They're like, we don't want to deal with this anymore. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so he wanted to open a first-class steak joint that offered a blend of Western history with contemporary feel. Okay. Yes, it had pictograms from the local caves into a 7,300-pound concrete island bar and several tables as well. What? Yes. (laughs) I, I feel like his decorating style was really off on this. He was just like, you know what would be fun? Everything. Yes. <laughs> like. <laughs> oh, so I wrote, they phrased this weird, but in the late 1990s, Gene succeeded in his quest to get a building closed on the adjacent street and add another restaurant to the area. And I said, that sort of sounds like a rivalry, right? Like competing business. I mean, you're going to close it. I'm going to buy your shit and take all your money that you were making. <laughs> like <laughs> It does. You know, so like he he got another business to close and then bought it. And then reopened it was still a restaurant and then they he just reopened it again. <laughs> <laughs> like he just wanted to corner he was just the market. A <laughs> yeah, he was like Yes, he wanted the corner of the market in Billings, Montana. <laughs> it, what if it was literally on a corner? Well, the Rex restaurant was on a corner. Cornered the market. Corner ha, 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 ha. I can't with us today. <laughs> <laughs> today The inside space invites you to enjoy a variety of fine meals, but it's best known for steaks and seafood. Sounds delicious. Yes. So, inside now, the building has an old world brick interiors, a tin ceiling, tile floors, oak, brass, and stained bevel glass furnishings. The article I was reading said it was a non-pretentious feeling. (laughs) (laughs) A (laughs) non-pretentious. And I was just like... That sounds like the most pretentious <laughs> thing I've ever heard of. It's pretentious, but with a non-pretentious feeling. Hipsters. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm trying to wrap my head around what this would look like. It seems so it just, bizarre. Just think like a Western hipster bar. Okay. With oh a tin ceiling. Yeah, think of like like a cabin in the woods, but like hipster Okay, I got it. Yeah. It's in there. It's in my head now. Okay. Yes. And so the restaurant features large TV for sports. Oh, of course. You gotta to watch your sports. You gotta watch our sports. A lounge area with a fireplace. Ooh. Classy. A place to enjoy live music. How not pretentious? Yeah. A quiet dining room in the back. And an outdoor patio complete with an outdoor fireplace. <laughs> this place is not pretentious. I, at all. At all. Like I, I would love to go here, right? we should we should so that's pretty much the history of the hotel so let's get to the experiences ghosts and hauntings after closing after the closing bartender has closed the building wow I wrote that really nice uh, with all of the outside lights turn off they would pop on all by themselves don't do that well yeah because like you're walking away from the building and then all the lights turn on you're like god damn it ghost I'm trying to go home you know I'd leave them on (laughs) I would so leave them on. I'd be like, well, that's not my problem. The Christmas lights were the favorite with the spirits. They love turning them on and off again. They love Christmas. We learned today about ghosts. They love Christmas and wrapping presents. Santa ghost. Santa ghost. (laughs) (laughs) There is an entity that likes to turn the coffee pot on and other equipment. Why are you doing this? Because it's early in the morning and he he needs needs his his coffee. coffee. He needs his coffee. And maybe, like, he's trying to be, like, Casper the friendly ghost and, like, hey, look, I turned on the coffee for you. Look, coffee's all nice and hot when you got here. How nice? That is nice of him. Yeah, right? But what other equipment is he turning on? Well, like, maybe he's, like, warming up the grill. Maybe he's making toast. Cooking the bacon in the morning. I don't know. I'm going to assume he's a friendly ghost. Okay, let's let's go with friendly. He's a friendly ghost that likes to help. Just open the restaurant. Maybe it's the ghost of a chef. Yeah, and he's like, "I'm gonna cook the meals." An old bartender. Yeah. All right. Uh, there are unusual feelings of not being alone, and objects are moved. So on all floors of the building, objects are moved and misplaced all the time. So like ghosts like to hide things from you. They're yeah. like, "Oh hey, I turned on your coffee pot, but where's your coffee mug?" <laughs> <laughs> What a ghost thing to do. Yeah. A patron has asked to be moved to another table because a male entity was standing by her table and it was making it hard for her to enjoy her food. That's uncomfortable. Right? <laughs> just, picture just like it. Maybe I would have, like, so, like, if I'm sitting there and there's, like, a big ghosty man standing next to me and I'm, like, I'm trying to eat. And, like, you leave? Like, do you want to sit down? Like, do you want a sample? <laughs> do you think the ghost would take like if you like put your food on a fork for him? Do you think he'd try it? Would it disappear? I don't know. Wouldn't it just fall to the floor? I know, but would or it? would it pass into another dimension? Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think that like he'd go to eat it, but like you can see the fork going in, and then all of a sudden, like like the food disappears. The food's gone. Yeah, it just disappears into the abyss of the afterlife. Yeah. Yep. That's where it goes. It was so this was phrased like this in one of the articles I was reading. <laughs> but the entities still like to have wild parties late at night and last until the early morning at the bar. Oh my god. <laughs> so while in the basement after hours, staff have heard men's voices and the sound of stools being dragged around. What are they doing down there? They're having a party. They're they're partying. Like, this is like this building has been through the prohibition like, do you think that's what they're doing they're like moving stuff around to move to the next bar location <laughs> yeah that could be right they're like oh we gotta move out of here we gotta get our bar stuff ready somewhere else yeah there has been believed to be one or more female entities so female voices can be heard in the women's bathroom and a female ghostly figure has been appeared on the stairs leading up to the second and third floor so, like, to the offices. There have been reports of unknown presence that has been experienced on the second and third floor in the business offices. So, like, they just know that someone's Something's there. Something's with them. Yeah, but, like, think you're, like, working in your cubicle, right? And you're like, gosh, I feel like my boss is hovering over me. And you turn and, like, no one's there. And you're like, God damn it! <laughs> like, that's a creepy feeling. Yeah. The feeling when you're not alone is a creepy feeling. It is. The building maintenance man has once heard the sound of high heels coming towards him in the hallway, hear them pass him by, and continue walking down the hallway. Oh. Yeah. just She's just going about her business. She's just- she has places to be, and she doesn't have time to stop and talk to a maintenance worker. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 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 probably she's probably a sex worker looking for a good time that or she was staying on those high-end rooms not the janitor's closet she was in the penthouse suite and she didn't have time to talk to anyone below her yeah gosh maintenance man (laughs) (laughs) in the bar area an unknown number of male entities one of them is being named buck he was believed to be killed during the prohibition area possibly by gangsters oh because that's like how that life was yeah. back in the day. There is a book uh, by Rex oh, about Rex Harrison that sits on a shelf above the bar and it sometimes jumps off the lip of the shelf and falls on people sitting on stools. These people are usually talking about their disbelief in the paranormal. <laughs> That's so, <laughs> so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you think so, bitch? <laughs> like, is it just that one book that sits on the shelf? Yeah. That's great. That's yeah. amazing. So like the ghosties like to have fun here. Yeah, they like to party, they like to throw books at people. But there is a disgruntled one. Oh no. Of course there is. Yes. He lives in the basement and has been described as wearing a white shirt and he doesn't like to be spotted by the living. No. No, because when he is spotted, uh, pretty much he fights them. No, don't do that. Like <laughs> fist fights. <laughs> Yeah, so one night a bartender was closing when he was jumped on, like, something jumped on his back, knocking him to the floor and scratching him and hitting him. Oh, no. Yeah. So pretty much he said nope and left for the night. I would, too. (laughs) I would leave forever. Yes. (laughs) Uh, There is also a pervy ghost. Oh, of course. I'm assuming it's the disgruntled ghost. Uh, You think they're the same guy? You don't think they're two different ghosts? No, I don't think they're two different ghosts. Because this guy is just a douche. Okay. Um. So he's a pervy ghost that likes to watch women in in the basement bathroom. Ew. Women have reported that they are they feel like they're being watched, and a few women have come out of the stalls to see a male apparition wearing a white shirt. Oh, okay. I see where you're just, just staring at them. I see what you're thinking. And then he just disappears. That's so creepy. Yeah. One woman has reported hearing someone enter the stall next to hers, slam the door so hard. That her door was vibrating and no one was in the stall next to her. Oh, that's creepy. Yes. Do you think it was him and he was just, like, standing on the toilet to get a look over? Maybe. But he also just doesn't prey just on women. I says, the grumpy basement ghost <laughs> <laughs> likes to visit the men's bathroom as well. Men have heard someone come in while they're washing their hands, but no one is there. The- So that's pretty much all of the hauntings. Okay. Uh, pretty much grumpy ghost is a lot of them, and like the whole parties and turning the lights on and off. The restaurant does not like to publicize that the hauntings itself. Yeah. Uh, but they have been known to hold private investigations. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So that is the Rex Restaurant in Billings, Montana. Very, very interesting. Yes, with the perv ghost, perv ghost, and more rapping ghosts. Yep. Well, rapping ghost wasn't in my my episode. No, but but your nice ghost wrapped presence. Right. Because he's nice. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sure. 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 It happened. Well, I guess that's gonna do it for today. Yeah, that that was fun. So, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. We can be found on Podbean, Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Come and listen to us and comment and tell us how awesome we are and follow us well, on the social media that Amber is about to tell you about. Yeah. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at the Cast, which I try to be more active on Twitter. I just feel like it's easier to be it active is, on Twitter. Yes. You can also find us on Instagram at Marble Forest Podcast. You can also email us your personal experiences at MarbleForestPodcast at gmail.com. We, we have a Facebook page. We do have a Facebook page. No. Yes. It's like facebook.com slash the Marble... Or Marble Forest Podcast. I think it's Marble Forest Podcast. Yes. Yep. Just we search it. You'll, yep. you'll find it. You're, I'm sure you'll find it. Yeah. You guys are smart. Yes. And we'd like to give a special thank you to Jenna, who did our amazing logo and banner. You can find her on Etsy or Instagram at agenda. There's no spaces in there. Nope. Nope. It's None. just a gen. Duh. Yeah. And my cousin did our music. Yeah. And he doesn't want anything promoted. So. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thanks to Devin for editing this. Yep. Devin's awesome. You've got your work cut out for you tonight. Uh, <laughs> I think she can leave most of it in. Oh, I think we're pretty good this time. Yeah. And thanks to you guys for listening. Yep. And then goodbye from the haunted forest. And always, we don't have a sign off. Bye-bye. Bye.